Good morning and welcome to the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily number 214. It is Monday, September 28th, 2020. I'm your host, Scott Gumbar, and a lesson in default settings. This podcast is brought to you by Nuage Tech, a client-focused and security-minded IT consultant based in Central Connecticut. You can visit us at nuagetech.com. That's N-W-A-J-Tech.com. All right, happy Monday. We've reached another week. We're starting off another week in the COVID-19 pandemic world that we've all grown accustomed to now at this point. It is the last week of September, the first week of October at the same time. And lots of good stuff going on, baseball playoffs to start, and um, it's just a good time to be alive. Wherever you're listening to this, if you could like, share, comment, or review, that would be spectacular. And if you do that, then maybe we'll share our Major League Baseball postseason picks. No, I don't do that stuff, so go Yankees. Um, And if you're in a HIPAA compliant business, please go to Facebook and or LinkedIn Type Get HIPAA Compliance into the search and join the HIPAA, Get HIPAA Compliance groups so you can learn all kinds of stuff, including how not to get fined a significant amount of money. Um, and you, there's also the This Week in HIPAA podcast that we launched a few weeks ago, so go check that out. All right, first up, Apple releases security updates. There are updates for iCloud for Windows. 7.21, iCloud for Windows 11.4, and Mac OS Catalina 10.15.7, security update 2020-005, High Sierra, and security update 2020-005, Mojave. So if you're using iCloud for Windows or Mac OS Catalina, High Sierra, or Mojave, you have updates waiting for you. On threat posts, rings flying in-home camera drone escalates privacy worries. Privacy fears are blasting off after Amazon Amazon's Ring division unveiled the new Always Home Cam, a smart home security camera drone. Ring's newly announced robot drone, a connected device that flies around the home taking security footage, is causing privacy experts' concerns to take off. Amazon on Thursday unveiled the Always Home Cam as part of its Ring division, while which will cost $249.99, which 250 and starts shipping next year the autonomous indoor security camera can fly around in the home on paths that are pre-approved by users allowing them to check to see if they left a window open or forgot to turn the stove off or to check to make sure robbers aren't breaking in however the new device has also sparked a firestorm of privacy concerns on twitter about how ring whose connected doorbells have already created plenty of privacy controversies will collect and use and share they collected data for privacy advocates. The concept of an untethered IoT device surveilling the house is disturbing. Rick Holland, CISO and Vice President of Strategy at Digital Shadows, told ThreatPost, coupled with Ring's controversial online or controversial privacy practices, the adoption of the drone could be low. However, those that have already embraced the concept of in-house security Cameras are likely to be excited. The prospect of having a single drone monitor your house instead of multiple individual cameras could be alluring. So that is interesting to me. It does intrigue me. Um, So I will be curious to see how all of that works. Um, I wouldn't say I'm an early adopter to things like this, but it could be 
in the wheelhouse some somewhere down the road um I get the privacy concerns, so you know if those are concerns of yours, then absolutely you should not be using it. But it will be interesting to see how this develops. Feds hit with successful cyber attack data stolen. I did see this posted in a few places. It sounds like um, they're being a little secretive, but this is on threat post that I'm, I'm reading this from. A federal agency has suffered a successful espionage-related attack that led to a backdoor and multi-stage malware being dropped on its network. The U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency issued an alert on Thursday, not naming the agency but providing technical details of the attack. Hackers, it said, gained initial access by using employees' legitimate Microsoft Office 365 login credentials to sign on to an agency computer remotely, which means MFA was probably not active. The cyber threat actor had valid access credentials for multiple users, Microsoft Office 365 accounts, and domain administrator accounts, according to CISA. First, the threat actor logged into a user's O365 account from Internet Protocol IP address 91.219.236.166 and then browse pages on a SharePoint site and downloaded a file. The cyber threat actor connected multiple multiple times by transmission control protocol from IP address 185.86.151.223 to the victim organization's virtual private network server, which means they were probably using some kind of VPN as for how the attackers managed to get their hands on the credentials in the first place, CISA's investigation turned up no definitive answer. However, it speculated that it could have been a result of a vulnerability exploit that it said has been rampant across government networks. It is po- That's probably the net logon. Oh, nope, Pulse Secure, here we go. It is possible the cyber actor obtained the credentials from an unpatched agency VPN server by exploiting an known vulnerability CVE 2019-11510 and Pulse Secure. So Pulse Secure is a VPN service. According to the alert, CVE 2019-11510, which means this from last year, by the way, allows the remote unauthenticated retrieval of files, including passwords. CISA has observed a wide exploitation of this CVE across the federal government. The patch was issued in April of 2019, but the Department of Homeland Security in April of this year noted that before the patches were deployed, bad actors were able to compromise Active Directory accounts via the flaw. So even those who have patched for the bug could still be compromised and are vulnerable to the attack. Well, the warning, I remember the warning, and the warning said that even if you have patched, you should still change passwords. So it sounds to me that either this agency, whoever it is, didn't patch, and if they did, then they didn't change passwords, they didn't heed the warning of the CISA. Um, so that's not that's not really good because it's federal government. They're not following their own guidance. Um, so with that being said, if you have Pulse Secure and you have not patched since last year, shame on you. There's a patch available that you need to apply immediately, and then you need to change passwords, uh, not just on your VPN, but also in your Active Directory. All right, on ZDNet, KuCoin. A cryptocurrency exchange hacked for $150 million. KuCoin said an intruder drained all its hot wallets today, which was, uh, when was this posted? This was posted Saturday. So Singapore-based cryptocurrency exchange KuCoin disclosed today a mega hack in a statement posted on its website. 
The company confirmed that a threat actor breached its systems and emptied its hot wallets of all funds. Hot wallets are cryptocurrency management apps that are connected to the internet. Cold wallets are stored offline. Cryptocurrency exchanges like KuCoin use hot wallets as their temporary storage systems for assets that are currently being exchanged on the platform and are used to power conversion ex- operations and funds transfers. KuCoin said it detected the hack after observing some large withdrawals from its hot wallets on September 26. The company said it started a security audit and discovered the missing funds. KuCoin said the hacker managed to steal Bitcoin assets, ERC-20-based tokens, along with other types of tokens. Currently, the loss is estimated at a minimum minimal $150 million based on an Ethereum address where users tracked some of the stolen funds. KuCoin has not returned an additional request for comment. However, KuCoin CEO Johnny Liu is scheduled to provide additional details about the security breach in a live stream at 1230 uh, UTC plus 8. So I'm not sure what time zone that is, but it's September 26th. So there should have been a live update. I don't know that there was. KuCoin ha- also promised to reimburse users who lost funds in the hack using its cold wallets. Deposits and withdrawals have been temporarily suspended while the company's security team investigates the incident. So that is the fear of cryptocurrency. And so there you, that is one of the fears. So there you see it. On Bleepy Computer, new, co- new Google Chrome OS updates cause 100% CPU usage heating issues. So that I'm sure is not the intended usage but here you go recent chrome os updates cause a google play store service to utilize 100 percent of the cpu making devices hot and experience performance issues since users began updating to chrome os 85.0.4183.108 and later apps are running erratically devices get hot fans are running at high speed and battery is drained too quickly after users investigated the issue was found to be caused by the google play com.android.vending. Uh, colon download underscore service suddenly utilizing 95 to 100 percent of the cpu for the extended period this service is used to download new updates from the google play store when available this bug though causes the cpu cpu to use 100 percent of the cpu all the time even when a new update is not available this issue does not affect all chromebooks but users of acer chromebooks asus chromebooks flip and galaxy chromebooks have reported experience in the issue that's great i don't have any of those to resolve this issue some users have had success in killing the the service which is com.android.vending colon download underscore service process in the chrome task manager while others state that it has not helped one user stated they resolved this issue by rolling back to an older google play store version as a workaround for now, I rolled back to older Play Store version before it started to mess up, and it works. Also, I disabled the background Wi-Fi and data to prevent it from self-update. However, this will be fixed in the upcoming release a user posted on Reddit. According to a Google engineer, the issue is being caused by missing files in Chrome OS. After review, users are experiencing this behavior because Chrome OS is unable to determine delta changes in UID process times due to missing files, a Google engineer stated in a bug report. The bug report has not yet been assigned to a Google engineer, but the developers are aware of it and will likely resolve it in a up in an upcoming update. And that is Google. That's Chrome OS, by the way. That is not Google Chrome, the browser, but Google Chrome OS. Uh, also on Bleepy Computer, Tyler Technologies is warning. So we talked about Tyler Technologies being um, 
breached last week. Tyler Technologies is warning clients to change the passwords for technology providers' remote access accounts after suspicious logins have been reported. Um, last week, we did re- talk about that the government technology services provider, Tyler Technologies, suffered a ransomware attack the previous weekend. The attack was performed by Ransom EXX Defray 777. Operation also encrypted the company's devices and disrupted operations. So now they are seeing suspicious logins to remote access accounts, which means, again, multi-factor authentication was not turned on. Bleeping computer, Louis Vuitton fixes data leak and account takeover vulnerability. Louis Vuitton has quietly patched a security vulnerability on its website that allowed for user account enumeration and even allowed account takeover via password resets. Founded in 1854, not the website, but the company, Louis Vuitton is prominent luxury French fashion brand and merchandise company with over 121,000 employees and $15 billion in annual revenue. The easy exploitable flaw resided within the MyLV account section of the website. Creating a MyLV account lets Louis Vuitton shopper track online orders, access purchase history, obtain e-receipts, manage personal information, and receive company announcements. Having discovered the vulnerability, security researcher Sabri Hadouche created, or I'm sorry, reached out to Louis Vuitton as part of the responsible disclosure process. He then tweeted on September 22nd about his unsuccessful attempts to get through to the correct person when he received a vague response from the company. Hadouche continued in the same thread. Well, they said now they have for, that they forwarded the report to the related department, so I'm going to wait for another week until I try to find a new way to contact them. Maybe you can tell them there's an urgent security issue that needs to be fixed, and the support got the report. Hadouche has now shared the, with Bleepy Computer more details about this urgent security issue that needed to be patched. The researcher stated the vulnerability is surprisingly easy to exploit, and I found it by accident when clicking in one of the links in Louis Vuitton's emails. Here, here's how it works. Navigate to accounts.louisvuitton.com slash fra-fr slash mylv slash registration question a equals 917 and then random numbers. The ID parameter a can be altered to anything since the digits are incremental. It is easy to discover pretty much anyone. So they're using incremental, sounds like they're using incremental account IDs. The email Hadouche is referring to was an email notification about his repair from Louis Vuitton, which prompted him to log into an account. So uh, he, so essentially, in by accident, he discovered how they're assigning IDs, change the ID in the, in the browser, and you come up with... Um, so you come up with somebody else's account information. They have since fixed that. It sounds so. Um, he did the right thing, and Louis Vuitton quietly fixed it. Bleepy Computer also reports Twitter is warning devs that API keys and tokens may have been leaked. Twitter is emailing developers stating that their API keys, access tokens, and access token secrets may have been exposed in browser's cache. In an email seen by Bleepy Computer, Twitter explains that a developer's browser may have cached the sensitive data when visiting certain pages on developer.twitter.com. Twitter has resolved the issue by not allowing this data to be cached in your browser, but warned that other users who used the, your computer in the past might have been able to access your security tokens and API keys. Prior to the fix, if you used 
a public or shared computer to view your developer AP app keys and tokens on developer.twitter.com. They may have been temporarily stored in the browser's cache on the computer. If someone who used the same computer after you in a temporary time frame knew how to access a browser's cache and knew what to look for, it's possible they could have accessed the keys and tokens that you viewed. So it sounds like it's slim chance that that's happened, but it is still a possibility. So if you use the computer and someone else used the computer, if you used a computer to access your your keys and API keys and tokens, access tokens on Twitter, and then somebody else used it within a short time frame after you and knew what to look for, then it is possible that they grabbed that information. But that has been since fixed. The Hacker News reports Fortinet VPN with default settings leaves 200,000 businesses open to hackers. As the pandemic continues to accelerate the shift towards working from home, a slew of digital threats have capitalized on health concern to exploit weaknesses in remote work infrastructure and carry out malicious attacks. Now, according to a network security platform provider, Sam Seamless Network, over 200,000 businesses businesses have that have deployed the FortiGate VPN solution with default configuration to enable employees to connect remotely are vulnerable to man-in-the-middle attacks allowing attackers to present a valid SSL certificate and fraudulently take over a connection. We quickly found that under default configuration, the SSL VPN is not as protected as it should be and is vulnerable to man-in-the-middle attacks quite easily. Sam IoT Security Labs' Niv Hertz and Lior Tashimov said, The FortiGate SSL VPN client only verifies that the CA, that is the certificate authority, was issued by FortiGate, or another trusted CA. Therefore, an attacker can easily present a certificate issued to a different FortiGate router without causing any flags and implement a man-in-the-middle attack. So uh, if you have, so this really applies to any anything you use. You should not use the default settings. You When you get the device, routers, switches, um, firewalls, VPNs, any of those things, you need to change the default settings. That should be one of the very first things you do. Change the default settings. And if you don't change the default settings, so you know, going back to Ring, this is also something people don't do or, or they use simple passwords. And you, you just expose yourself that much easy, easier to the bad guys. Uh, and we do have quite the HIPAA settlement to talk about here in a, a historical HIPAA settlement, Primera, P-R-E-M-E-R-A, Blue Cross will pay $6.9 million in a settlement with the Trump administration over a data breach that exposed confidential information of more than 10 million people across the country. The insurer operates in Washington and Alaska and is the largest health plan in the Pacific Northwest serving more than 2 million people. The settlement with the Office of Civil Rights at the U.S. Department of Health and Human Services marks the second largest payment to resolve a Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act HIPAA violation in the agency's history, agency's history according to HHS press release. Two years ago, Anthem paid a record $16 million for a landmark 2015 breach that impacted nearly 79 million consumers. Primera filed a breach report on March 17, 2015 on behalf of itself, and its network of affiliates stating that cyber attackers had gained unauthorized access to its information technology system. During the breach, which went undetected for nearly nine months from May 2014 to January 2015, a hacker had unauthorized access to a Primera network containing 10.4 million individuals, 
protected health information, including their names, addresses, dates of birth, email addresses, social security numbers, bank account information, and health plan clinical information, according to HHS. The hackers used a phishing email to install malware that gave them access to Premier's IT system. OCR's investigation found systemic noncompliance with the HIPAA rules, including failure to conduct an enterprise-wide risk analysis and failures to implement risk management and audit controls, HHS said. If a large health insurance entity if if large health insurance entities don't invest the time and effort to identify their security vulnerabilities, be they technical or human, hackers surely will. This case vividly demonstrates the damage that results when hackers are allowed to roam undetected in a computer system for nearly nine months, said Roger Severino, OCR director, in a statement. Never one to mince words, that is for sure. Primera also agreed to implement a corrective action plan that includes two years of monitoring. The insurer settled a $10 million lawsuit with 30 states in July 2019 over the 2014 breach. Washington State Attorney General Bob Ferguson led a coalition of 30 state attorney generals Attorneys generals investigating it should be attorney generals investigating the company's practices following the 2014 health data breach that affected 10.4 million individuals nationwide and 6.4 million Washington state residents. In 2019, Premier also settled a federal class action lawsuit for $74 million on behalf of the affected customers of the breach. For years prior to the breach, cybersecurity experts said the company's own auditors repeatedly warned. Primera about the vulnerabilities within its system, including inadequate patching management, but the company failed to fix the problems according to Washington State's complaint against Primera filed after the breach. So um, 74 plus 10 plus now almost another 7. So that is $91 million this breach cost, this Primera, Primera so far. Um plus a two-year cap, the corrective action plan, which will cost them even more money. What that means is, had they hired the right IT staff, it would have most likely cost them less than $91 million. I can't imagine it would cost $91 million for IT staff for that six-year period. Um, you know, you, uh, So let's just say you paid out a million dollars in IT staff per year. That's still only six million versus ninety-one million. And this is why, when, when I say that you, it costs you more not to take the action. This is what I mean. So ninety-one million dollars later, and they still have this corrective action plan, which means they're going to be forced now to hire people to do the job, do it right. It's, it's you know you're, they're looking at over a hundred million at that point by the time that's all said and done. Not a good look for Premier Health. You can bet their, you know, their their image is damaged, and um, now you got HHS looking at them for the next two years at least. And if they fail in any part of that corrective action plan in the next two years, then there's potentially more penalties. All right, that is going to do it for the Monday edition of the Proactive IT Cybersecurity Daily. So until tomorrow, stay healthy, stay safe, and stay secure.